Well, let's dive in this morning uh, to um, this continual journey that we're on uh, to our spiritual life. Last week, uh, last week we talked about this idea of in our spiritual journey, here's the deal, if you weren't here last week or you just didn't pay attention to anything I said last week, that's fine. I'm going to stop the entire message right here. You can skip the podcast. It'll save you some time, okay? So it's simply this. We've been set on a spiritual journey towards Jesus. And that spiritual journey, Paul comes alongside in 1 Corinthians and says, all right, guys, here's the deal. Men and women, you understand how competition works, right? You understand how competition works. You understand how a race works. You stand at the starting line and you've worked. If you're, if you're an athlete, pay attention. If you're an athlete, you've worked really, 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 really hard leading up to this race. And now that you're running this race, I want you to run the race as if you were trying to win it. Because there's a prize at the end of it, and I want you to run as if you're trying to be the first one to get to the prize. And that's your spiritual journey. Because how you live your life, hear this, how you live your life and the energy you devote to living your life Every day, how you do it is vitally important to Jesus, and it's very, it's vitally important to your spiritual life. And if you're going to be the person that you ultimately want to be and that God wants you to be, then you will run with your spiritual life after Jesus after every day as if you're going to be the first one to get to him with all of your energies and all of your desires. That's the message from last week. There you go. Summed up for you. Right? So that's the journey that we're on. We're running this race. And so... You have to press pause, don't you? And you have to go, it's real simple. Huh, I wonder if I'm doing that. It's real simple, right? I wonder if I'm doing that. You don't want to like over-spiritualize and over-theologize. Not a real word, I just made it up, right? But it's like, am I? What level of energy and pursuit did you give yesterday to your relationship with Jesus? Did you run yesterday as if he was the prize? You ran with everything saying, that's my priority. No distractions. Nothing else matters. That's it. That's it. And so how did you run? How did you run the day before that? How are you running today? And so the idea is Paul's not coming in with guilt. He's saying, no, no, no. Hear this. To be the person that actually you go to bed at night feeling satisfied It requires beating your body into submission every day to run the race set before you. So, let's just tie in this morning. I'm going to start my message now in my notes. And so, in the context of our relationship with Jesus, in our lives, each of us, each of us have a unique and special place in our hearts when it comes to returning home. Like when we talk, use that phrase, returning home, there's a unique and special place in our heart. When we think about returning home, at least if we have a home where we feel settled and at rest. That's what I'm talking about. That home that we think about that ultimately brings about a rest and a sense of being settled. On one level, we talk about returning home from vacation, right? So we go on vacation, we want to retreat, we want to, we just want to relax, and then we use a phrase like this. Well, i got to go home so I can relax from my vacation, right? We all say that. We all feel that. Why? Because even when we go on vacation, 
There's something about getting home that causes us to actually breathe a deeper level of relaxation and rest in peace. Why? Because there's just something about going home. Or if you're like every other person in the world in the last five years, you've watched some video with like tears streaming of soldiers who are returning home. And like you see, you see it on your computer, you see the link and you're like, I'm about to cry. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. And so you always click it and you're always a sucker and you always get in what? Because when you watch that, you recognize here's this soldier who has literally given his or herself for the last umpteen years, ultimately fighting for my freedom. And today they get to come home. They get to relax. They get to see their family. And they get to fully, mentally, and wholly rest for the first time in a long time. Each of us, each of us have experienced the longing in our hearts. Each of us has experienced the longing in our hearts to, to be at home in some form or fashion. Whether we are away at camp, right? We go to, we go to youth camp every year, right? We go to kids camp. Everyone, you were a kid. I'll never forget. The first camp I ever went to was an RA camp down in like sweaty Brunswick, Georgia. And it was absolutely miserable. Like, I cannot wait to get home, right? Or you go to some sort of retreat or maybe you go on a business trip. You go on a mission trip. I'll never forget the very first time I went away, like on a mission trip without Randall. I remember going away going, I don't feel right, right? I don't feel settled. Like there's something missing. It's Randall. She completes me, right? No, there's this whole dynamic going down. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. There are all of these pieces. I'll never forget. My, my dad's sitting here today. He could tell you, like I'm never forget. I went to college and I would, I would come home and I would sleep for like 12 hours. Right? That was so weird. Like, I just like, oh, I, get to, I need to go home so I can rest. I would literally think about that. There's always, right? Each of us have experienced this longing or just the knowledge that if I just get home, I can rest. I can be settled. I can relax. I can just walk around in my boxers and be fine, right? And here's the point of this that I want to land on this morning. Each of us. Each of us, I believe in my opinion, have been designed to always be drawn towards home. That each of us have been designed with something inside of us that innately desires to return home. Therefore, this morning, I want to build a unique picture of how we view home. A unique picture of how we view home in the context of our spiritual life as we talk this morning about our journey to the secret place. Our journey to the secret place, and we're just going to give it up right now. I believe the secret place with God ultimately equals our primary spiritual home. And so in this, in Scripture, the idea of the secret place it's talked about and described in several places, both in the Old Testament and New Testament. Just two quick ones. Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. So he who dwells in the secret place. Right? That's God. Matthew 6.6. Matthew 6, Jesus talking about prayers. Just pray to your Father who is in the secret place. The secret place 
again and again is described in the Old and New Testament with words like this. So if you see these words, it's literally describing the secret place where God's spirit dwells. See, the word refuge. He is my refuge, right? He is my hiding place. He is my, he hides me in the shelter of his wing, right? These three words and others, refuge, hiding place, shelter, they all are used to describe this phrase of the refuge, the secret place. If you see them being used, it's talking about the secret place, the place where God resides, his home, the place that he dwells. And always in all of these scriptures, there is, listen, without fail, there's always an invitation or a call for us to come to that place. Each time when you read in scripture, there's always an invitation or an expectation, like, hey, just come and you can get in this, you can get in the fortress. You can get in the shadow in the middle of the sun, right? You can get into the, the, the safe place. You can be settled. There's a secret place. There's always an invitation or an expectation that you and I can get there. Always. It's always the anticipation and the expectation. So in all of these scriptures, there's always this invitation to be where God lives. Why? And here there's, here's a point. If you haven't paid attention, here you go. Plug in. Wherever God dwells, there too is our home. Wherever God dwells, there too is our ultimate home. And so when we talk about the secret place, we talk about the place where God dwells. I'm saying that this morning, that longing that you have for home, it's ultimately because you have a longing for Jesus. We have been created, in my opinion, we've been designed with a soul, body, will, and emotions, a soul desire to always return home and to always be at the place where God dwells. We have been designed in my opinion, to find our greatest rest, our greatest peace, our greatest fulfillment, and our greatest sense of wholeness at home in Jesus. Say that again. We have been designed, in my opinion, to find our greatest rest, our greatest peace, our greatest fulfillment, our greatest sense of wholeness and satisfaction in home of Jesus. It's just like, you know, like when you're talking to somebody who's not a believer and they're talking about their life and they're struggling and they're not satisfied. And, and, and then you come with this great heart of evangelism, evangelism and say, hey, there's a God-shaped hole in your heart that only Jesus can fill. Right. And you've all used it. Oh, there's a God sized hole in your heart. Only Jesus. You're like, I just killed that one. Yes. Score one. Boom, boom. Right there. I just tried to save somebody. Right. Just the dynamic we go into. There's a God shaped hole. But here's the point about that language. Do you realize that for the rest of your life, when you look somewhere else for satisfaction, you continue to look for things sometimes, even when you're Christians, other than Jesus to fulfill that hole. And so every single day of your life, Unless you are filling that hole with Jesus, I could look at you and say, hey, there is still every day a God-shaped hole in your heart that only can Jesus can fill. That's why you're unsettled, because he's calling you home. He's calling you into his presence. He's calling you to the secret place. This is where God is leading us to, right? As we said before, only home can satisfy, right? The secret place where God dwells, only it can ultimately satisfy. So you should be pressing pause in our conversation this morning going, I wonder where I feel unsettled. 
I wonder where I don't feel complete. I wonder where I'm running without resting. I wonder where I'm like overwhelmed and anxious about all of these things. I wonder what type of hole I've created in my own heart that I'm trying to fill with something other than Jesus. And he's awakening me to this morning. Hey, there's your home, that desire, the overwhelmed nature of what you're living in. It is crying out for Jesus, your secret place in your home. So in this, let's look at a few scriptures just to break down and see what we're talking about. Number one, Psalm 139, verses 14 and 15. I would encourage you to read the whole psalm. It's all really good, right? I don't know who wrote it. Maybe David, somebody else, someone, one of the psalm writers. It says this. Go look it up. I praise you. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. What I don't want us to miss about the secret place here in these verses is this. It is where we were conceived. It's where our existence had its origin. It's where our inception was. It is the place of our beginning. It's why for us, for me, like I am absolutely pro-life. Why? Because I believe that every single human being was conceived in the mind of God first, even before they had physical form. Therefore, they are an innate human being who has been designed in the secret place of God's heart and mind. So I cherish all of life. And so in this, why? Because God created, he designed, he wove together in the depths of the earth. We had our origin, the secret place where God dwells. Hear this if you're missing it. The secret place where God dwells, that was your first home. It was your first home. It was the place where you were conceived, the place of origin. God just talked about you with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God had dreaming and designing and shaping you. You fight. Listen, your origin, your ultimate home is right here. In the secret place where you were formed, it's the, it's the place. Therefore, if it's our first home, then it makes sense why God is calling us to it and why when we get there, it is the greatest place of rest and of peace in our lives. The longing, listen, the longing that you have for home, the returning home, why you have that innate desire is because God placed it there to remind you your ultimate home is in me, in the secret place, and you can go there. So I'm a fisherman, all right? I love to catch anything. And so Randall and I had been married for just a little over a month, and we went out to, to Washington, flew into Olympia, right, to visit some friends who had moved there. And so one day we go fishing, and we go, like, we're going fishing, and it's like the stream that we're fishing is, is as wide as, like, from me to the wall, right? That's not very wide. In fact, at one point I got hung on the other side. And so I had to literally had waders on. I literally waded all the way across the little stream to the other side. But we, me and the people around, we were catching salmon that were this big, right? Literally. It was crazy. It's like, how can a stream this little and this shallow, how can it hold multiple? Like, I got watched that morning, like 30 or 40 salmon being caught, right? I may have, I caught a couple, right? Here we go, right? But they were like this. I'm like, this is crazy. And I began to think about like, what is going on 
in the mind of the soul, whatever of a salmon. What's going on in a salmon that literally they, they would leave the safety of this massive and large ocean to literally fight against currents and to fight against bears. Have you ever seen those videos and fight against human beings? And like, have you seen those times when they're literally fighting against waterfalls? Like you literally, like, I don't I mean like this. And you see this little salmon like this. And all of a sudden, it's like it fights and it fights and it fights. And so all of a sudden, ah, yay, we made it. Until the next waterfall is doing all over again. And watch out for that bear. And watch out for the fishermen wearing the waders. Here we go. And the current really is strong. Oh, my gosh, this is so hard. Why do they do it? Because when they were born, when they were conceived in salmon world, Right? They left, and inside of them, God in nature placed an innate longing, saying the only way you'll be fulfilled and satisfied is in the context of your life if you get back to the place of your origin. Have you ever thought about what we need to learn from nature? Because when I see that, I look and go, God was trying to make a point to all of humanity. The place the place of origin, the place where you are conceived, I've placed in you like these salmon an innate longing to say you'll never be satisfied until you get back there. Psalm 139, that's the idea of what's going on, right? The idea is this on the screen. Where we were created and God is the place our soul always desires to go. Where we were created in God is the place our soul always desires to go, the secret place, the place where God dwells. Hear me. You will always, listen, you will always be unsettled in life until you journey home to the secret place in God and make it an everyday thing. You will always live unsettled, dissatisfied in life until you make it a habit of running the race as if to win the prize of the secret place every single day. We go on to the next one, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus is coming in teaching about prayers. It's about you. You, when you pray, so there's an expectation of relating to God, of a life of prayer, of conversation. When you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, Pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Right. The idea of the reward is an intimacy, a depth of knowledge. He's not going to give you money. He's not going to give you airplanes or cars. That's silly. Right. Why would he give you that? Those things perish. He gives you things that are eternal. He gives you things that are eternal. He gives you nearness. He gives you purpose. He gives you desire. He gives you peace. He gives you joy. Why do we go to the secret place? Why does he call us there? Because he wants to pour out the richness of his blessing to us there. That's why he calls us. So when you pray, when you pray, go into your room. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to get home and to do it confidently and enter into God's presence. I don't know about you, but I know some people struggle feeling disconnected from God, right? And in that disconnect, they strain to feel God's presence. They long to know that he is with them, right? And this tension, this tension is alleviated for eternity as we grab hold of Jesus' teaching. Because in these verses, we are told the Father dwells in the secret place. He dwells in the secret place, right? So which means Jesus is never missing, 
It means that Jesus is never lost. It means that we don't ever live close. Like, oh my gosh, where did Jesus go today? Have you found him? I think he's playing hide and seek with us again. Where did he go? I can't find him. Ah, Jesus. No, he doesn't ever do that. He's just always been where he always has been, will always continue to be. He's in the secret place, right? And so for us to be near him, it's simple. We just go where he is. And you know what happens immediately when you decide to go into his presence? You're there. That's the confidence. We don't have to work it up. We don't have to, like, strive. Let's go. It's as simple as this. You ready? I'm about to go into his presence. I just want to watch. See if I, see if I, see if I poof and go away. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. You know what I did? It's real simple. I just said, God, it's just you and me for this second because I want them to know it's not that hard. I'm here. And I was in. That's all, that's all it is. Why would you think it's hard to get into his presence? He just says, when you pray and shut the door, come in. So the idea is really simple. We have to live with confidence. You believe the lie that it's not, it's super hard and you have no confidence. You believe the lie that it's, you don't have a confidence in getting into God's presence. And he says, no, no, no. If you just start to pray and then you shut the door and talk about it in a second, then you're there. And so here's the point. Right now, today, we're praying for an aha moment going, oh my gosh, it's just not that hard. I just turn and focus and he goes, yep, here I am. That's it. Part of our, part of our, our, our reality of getting to the secret place is just dismantling wrong ideas and embracing God ideas of the ease that he's made it for us to get into his presence. Here's the deal. Did I say you're automatically going to feel it when you step in? No. And isn't that the great struggle? You struggle because of your feeling. It doesn't make the truth any more different just because you don't feel it. Does that make sense? I go in. Here's the deal. Let's say this. Let's say I'm in a room by myself and you want to go where Steve's presence is. Right? And let's say when you walk in, you just can't see me. So you walk in the room. like, Oh, my gosh, where's Steve? Where's he? I'm like, I'm just sitting right here, right? I can't see him. I can't feel your presence. I'm right here, right? But I can't feel it. Does it mean I'm not in the room? Or does it mean you can't see and you can't feel? And so the problem for us is that we are so defined by our senses, we just have a hard time believing in faith that he's right there like he said he would be. And isn't that the great journey? So my prayer is like, all right, God, I'm really bad at that. Make me awesome. Make me, you make me awesome at living in confidence that when I step in, you're immediately there and got to submit my feelings. I'm not going to be defined by them, God. And in time, my feelings will come around. I thank you for that in advance, but I'm just thankful for your presence with me right now. Does that make sense? Like it's, don't, do not overthink it. This is like kindergarten stuff. You know what I'm getting at? Like, this is actually easier than I thought it was. Everything you know, you learned in kindergarten, right here, right? Those are the important things. So we keep on going. How do you do this? So number one practical thing you have to do is you have to shut the door, right? He says, when you go into your prayer room, shut the door. Listen, it's really important to recognize when he says, go into your room. Like, yes, it's true that Jews had a great had a room that they would go into and pray. And so, so Jesus is using that as the analogy. But reality is he's not actually talking about a physical room. Because I don't know about you, but I just went into the secret place with Jesus right here with all of you sitting here as if you didn't exist. 
Because their idea is the actual room is the place of God's presence. We dwells inside of me. So when I'm in a when I'm in a stadium full of thousands of people and I want to go be with Jesus, I just do this. Why? Because the secret place is in our hearts where he resides and where he dwells. And so I'm able to find him in that place. Right. And so in this. How do we shut the door? In these verses, Jesus is not primarily talking again about entering the special room. What Jesus is talking about is that place where you go inside of here to speak and to engage Jesus, right? It's that place in your heart and your mind where you begin to have conversation with him. And when we get there, Jesus simply says, all right, when you get here, shut the door. How do you shut the door? Shutting the door means all the distractions, all the distractions of all your busyness, are when you slow down or they finally catch up with you and they're going to come and trying to keep you, try to keep you and think about your kids, think about your job, think about your business, think about your finances, right? Think about your own life, about your own health, about your own existence, right? All these thoughts are like, ah, right? And you have to shut the door. It's a practice thing of learning to take every single thought captive and saying, no, no, you're going to be obedient and submit to the secret place of Jesus because he's who I need and not you. You don't need busyness. You need Jesus. And you beat your body and your mind into submission until it submits and says, I only want Jesus. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and worried about so many things. Beat your thoughts into submission and just come sit at my feet and just rest in me. That's what we do in his presence. We shut the door. We fight against distractions. How long do you fight against distractions? Until they shut up. I mean, right? And we're talking like, I was talking, talking to my dad. Dad, dad stand up real quick. This is, I, I got my looks from my dad, not my height. Um, <laughs> you can sit down. So, so, yeah, he's awesome. So, like, I mean, I'm never, he, he runs a business. And so in the busy season, which is like February all the way through, like to the end of August, right? It's like, man, he's going, he thought he called it the, the thousand pound or five thousand, depending on the day, ten thousand pound gorilla just rests on his shoulders, right? And he says, sometimes, because he goes to be with Jesus, he taught me. Time with Jesus is important. Teach your kids that. Make it important. He taught me. My mom taught me. He said, man. It took me an hour to slow my mind down today. I got like five minutes, but those five minutes were good. Right? He said, there's an hour. Man, how long do you fight? How long do you work against distractions until they shut up? And over time, you become better at it. And you can go, mm, heal. Okay. Right? Let's go be with them. It's a learned thing. We learn just to shut the door, right? Shut the door. Like there's, listen, it makes sense that a primary idol each of us face is busyness. The primary thing we face in our culture, we find a level of, of importance in it. We find a level of worth in our busyness, right? So, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. And so in the context of our busyness, it steals our time. It steals our thoughts. It steals our energy. It keeps us unfocused. It keeps us too busy to slow down and to close the door and to be with Jesus. Could you imagine? Listen, several years ago, Randall and I and the girls, we got to go to Switzerland. We hung out in a little town called Lauterbrunnen. And so, Lauterbrunn in Switzerland is one of those places, like, man, like, I, I told Gus that I think you messed up. I think I was designed and meant to be born here, right? Like, I walked outside the door, and I'm like, 
Uh, like this was like my home in heaven's going to look just like this. OK, that's what I told him. And so we drove in that night to Lauterbrunnen, little town. Look it up. Lauterbrunnen. So we drive in the tent. It's dark. It's at night. We can't see much. Right. And so we drive in. We go to our little Airbnb, we go in, it's really nice, we can hear the waterfall in the distance, I'm like, wonder what it looks like, can't wait to see it in the morning, right? The morning comes, I'm the first one up, I get up, I walk out to the back porch, and I look here, and my periphery sees something up here, and I go like this, literally see the Swiss Alp right here next to my house. And I'm like, and I literally, you know how like when you get this like, ah, moment, like, oh my gosh, like it was so amazing, and I'm like, duh. Ah, and I'm looking like, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And then I'm like, here, like a little bell. Look over here. There's this cute little cool sheep farm right here in front of our house. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so green. And these sheep are just so cuddly. It's like, this is awesome, right? And then I hear something like, over here. Look over like, there's a, oh my gosh, there's a, oh, there's a waterfall. And there's another one. And there's another one, just heaven. I'm like, Jesus, where are you? Like, you just take me there every night. Like, I, my soul was resting. I was like, this is, this is the majesty and the beauty of your creation, right? And then Sarah, Anna Catherine was still sleeping, Randall's still sleeping, but Anna Catherine, see, then Sarah gets up and she comes out, right? And she, we grab bowls of, of cereal or something, and I grab my coffee, and there's a picture of us, and we're literally just sitting at this, this plastic table, and we're not talking much, just doing this, going, ha, ah, ha. Ah. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, right? Oh, oh, this is so awesome, right? This, literally. But imagine if you came to Lauterbrunnen. You came the same time at night. You had to work really hard. You had a business thing going on. And so you start working. You go into the room. You do all your meals. You're there for three days. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, it's late. I gotta catch my flight. It's dark. And you leave and you hop on your plane. And I, we, we meet up. Oh, my gosh, what you meant to do? Man, I went to Lauterbrunnen. Oh, my gosh, me too. Can you believe the majesty and the beauty of the mountains? Can you believe, man, it was such a place of rest and such a place of peace. It was overwhelming. It was like, a, it was like my soul just like, ah. And he's like, well, you're like, well, actually, I was inside working the entire time. Like, but you didn't see the mountain. No. Did you see the three? No. Did you, uh, you didn't see anything, did you? Oh, man, I was too busy and completely missed it. And what I would say in that moment is like, man, you, you didn't actually go to Lauterbrunnen. <laughs> you may have physically gone there, but you never allowed yourself to go. And my, my concern for so many of us in our culture, right, is that we get so busy that, man, Lauterbrunnen's available. The beauty and the majesty and the fullness that actually overwhelms is available to us, and we just never enter into the moment because in our culture we believe the lie that productivity is best accomplished in doing instead of being at home with the Father. We believe that doing is more important than just being at home. That's the message of Mary and Martha. Hear me. Like I recognize things have to get done. I get it. I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard. I'm not promoting laziness. All I'm saying is that for those who are primarily busy, you have a greater responsibility to cause every thought to be in submission to the Father and to run the race that much harder to get into the quiet presence of God, even on the work site. Because it's the priority. It's what we're designed for. It's Home. Which leads to Psalm 91 1. 
It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, they will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I'll, be, I'll just be forced to confess to the Lord, you are my refuge, you are my fortress, you are my God, in whom I trust. The writer's coming in, right? The secret place, again, is a place of confidence. We are confident in not being alone. Why? Because we're aware of, as we are in the presence of God, we've gone in the secret place and everything, man, just pales in comparison. We are confident that God will fight for us in our struggle because He is our refuge and He is our fortress. Listen, a couple of times in life I've gotten to be stupid and go skydiving. You can die, Right? First time I was younger, stupider, I was like, this is fun. The second time I went, like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. And you get on the plane, man, it's like I got Buddy back here. I didn't know his name, he's in charge of my parachute. I got control issues. I'm going to fall out of this plane, I'm right next to the door. What if I die? Don't talk to me. Anna Catherine and Sarah and Randall Wynn, like, this is the greatest. I'm like, ah, right? This is terrible. Jesus. I can't believe you did this to me. I mean, you jump, finally latch me on, open the door, the first one out, right? This is great. First one to die, right? No, jump out of the plane. And I'm like, ah, this is great. Yeah, fun, right? And then there's that moment I'm like, is it time? No, are you sure? It's not time to pull. It's getting really close. You sure, right? I'm sure. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm just like totally interceding. I'm praying for my life. And all because that moment's like, oh, here we get ready to pull, get ready, right? And so he pulls, and there's that moment you've all seen it. It's like the parachute hasn't caught the air yet. It's just fluttering like they're like, I'm going to die, ah, right? And you feel the fear. It's coursing from your head to your toes, your fingers, all the way down. Ah, and all of a sudden the parachute goes, boom. It's like, and I'm like, I was never afraid. <laughs> I'm good, man. All right? Nothing what happens. You're like totally overwhelmed in the moment, right? You're totally anxious. Fear has crippled you until all of a sudden, confidence and peace, the parachute opened. Psalm 91.1, we are confident that God will fight for us in our struggles. He is our refuge and he is our fortress. That's why we go to the secret place, right? It's our home. It's a place of peace, a place of rest. It's, it's a healing It's a healing every day from our spiritual battle. The problem for so many is is we're always in the midst of our busyness. Here's the deal. We're always looking for quick fixes. That's why you turn to the Christian radio station. i got to get a quick fix. That's why you go put in a podcast and listen to a sermon. And you get a quick fix and hope the sermon speaks to me because I'm struggling, right? You, that's why you pick up a self-help book. That's why you call somebody. And Jesus says, why are you looking out when all you have to do is just look into the secret place and be with me? I am your refuge. I am your fortress. I am your safe place. Just look in. All of those things are fine. But they can't be the only thing we look at for quick fixes. We can't look just for the quick fixes. We have to look into where he resides. We have to walk out and see the beauty and the majesty. God will always allow us. God will always allow us to hit a place of burnout in our busyness. So we'll be forced to stop and to look inward. Our moments of crises 
are many times gifts from God that are simply used to point us to the fact that life as we know it and how we're living it is not best and it's not his will for us. We know, listen, we know we are not looking in and residing in the secret place with God and experiencing his fullness when we are experiencing the opposite of what he promises here. We feel exposed not in a shadow. We feel isolated, alone, distant, at risk, and unsettled, rather than experiencing, when he says, a sense of refuge, and what I, what I coined a phrase, you can write it down, a fortress protection. Fortress protection. We struggle when, listen, when we struggle when, when God knows all we need is to look in and go home to the second the sacred, secret place where he resides, and we don't, right? We struggle when we know what we're called to do and God's call, telling us what we can do, and we don't do it. And so we have to look in. You have been designed for the secret place. The secret place is where you were conceived. It is your ultimate home. It's where God dwells. And God is making the invitation saying, it's, it's just not hard. Just Turn, and you're there, and your feelings will follow in time, but just trust and confidence. Just trust and confidence, and I want you to run after it as if it's the prize that you are giving all of your energies to pursue. Let's pray. Father, we confess all this sounds really neat and super nice. And we just pray this morning, Jesus, that you would move it from nicety and thoughts like, that's really great, to actual reality. I pray, Father, that you would make every single person here confident of just turning, and whether they feel it or not, to know by faith what they can't see, that they're there, and that you already are a refuge. I pray, Father, today, people who are struggling with control issues, you would help them to release and to actually maybe trust you for the first time in their life. I pray, third, God, that you'd make us awesome at beholding your beauty and your majesty in the context of our time with you. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to be honest that there is a longing in each of us to return home. And I pray for peace today, Lord, in that journey. That, Lord, you're calling us there because you love us, not because you're mad at us. You're calling us because you love us, not because you're mad at us. There's love, God, that is leading us in this process. So, Jesus, make us great at the things we're bad at as it relates to entering into the secret place. Amen. This morning, I just want to—I um, want to invite you to take some time just before the Lord. If you're not—if you don't feel comfortable, um, like if, if this idea is kind of new, it's just really simple. It, it literally is going. It's a choice of your will. Say, all right, I'm going to try this. That's number one. Okay? 
I'm going to try this. Number two, it's just simply saying, all right, Jesus, I don't know what this means. I'm going to do my best to even imagine what it means to turn to you. Three, saying, all right, God, I don't feel it yet, but thank you because I've done this. I'm in your presence in the secret place. And four, now, God, would you help my feelings? So I, excuse me, number four. Now, God, I close the door. Help me to close it better. Help me to deal with my distractions. And you name your distractions. I see this thought. Jesus, I give it to you. I see this thought. Ugh, it's so overwhelming. I give it to you. To start giving him all of these things until all of a sudden it's like, man, it's like I'm not as weighted down. And then you say, now, Jesus, you help my emotions and my feelings just to come in to what I know to already be true with my mind. And Jesus, the last, help me to make this my daily lifestyle. So I invite you to do that this morning. In, in ministry, have communion available every Sunday. I invite you to come and to take communion. Just to remember, this is why Jesus died. It's why he died. He's like, I want to make a way for you to get to the secret place. I designed it for us. He didn't design a secret place for himself. He designed it for us, with him. To take communion and remember that. Um, offering baskets available each week and some worship and, and our giving. A little giving box back here. And the ministry teams are available on both sides. Because why? Well, sometimes we just need people to come alongside and love us into the secret place with Jesus. So let's be those who help others get there. And ministry teams make that happen. Okay? All right, so Harvest is going to wow us through the worship again as she leads us into the presence of Jesus. I invite you to focus on Jesus as we do that. And then I'll come back up here in a few minutes and I will lead us out. And if you want to stay in ministry at that time, you can or you'll be free to go. So you respond as the Lord leads me back in a few minutes.